Hi everybody, this is Carlo Chando, just back from Barcelona and the Spanish Grand Prix. Tell you what, that was uh, one heck of a race. It was really gripping stuff from start to finish and it was uh, uh, yet another sign that this World Championship battle is going to be probably one of the best ever really. Um, we see um, such close margins in qualifying and the race and the way Ferrari and, and Mercedes are having to juggle things. It's just absolutely brilliant uh, and I think for everyone watching the, the World Championship battle is really going to be um, an interesting one. And we're starting off the weekend, Barcelona is traditionally the race where we know everybody bring updates, most of the teams um, bring bits and pieces you know, to other races but traditionally the start of the European season, it's the first time they would have done four races, had four races of data. And they're back in Europe, so logistically it's a lot easier to be bringing new parts from the factory. Uh, so really, you know, Friday was all about looking around and seeing who brought those bits. And in the end, I think it's fair to say that Mercedes were the ones that really, from the outside, visually and visibly, looked to have made a big upgrade. Having said that, when you look, you have to, you know, take it all with a pinch of salt because we, on the outside, don't know the philosophy behind those designs, we don't know whether there are bits and pieces that uh, you know teams have done under the radar, under the skin that we can't see. Engine upgrades is a classic one. Uh, weight, you know, again, we can't really tell those sort of things. But I think when you look at it, it was quite clear that Mercedes really, you know, they had a new front scoop underneath the uh, the nose, which was pretty dramatic. Um, dramatic looking, I should say. Um, they had, you know, even the camera mounts were reprofiled. They had, a, you know, uh, changes to the rear floor, the engine cover, the monkey seat, um, the barge board. You know, there were a lot of bits and pieces that were modified. Ferrari and Red Bull, on the other hand, visually from the outside anyway, didn't look like they brought as many new parts. And uh, you know, Ferrari though. Despite that, when you, you have to look at the lap time, because that's the ultimate charge, look to still be right in that hundred Mercedes, so even without those bits, which means they've obviously done other things that we, we can't see. Um, you know, they had a new T-wing and they had a couple of edits to the, to the barge board and, and the front wing, but nothing as dramatic as the Merc. Uh, and the same with Red Bull, you know, they had a couple of minor tweaks. So, yeah, it, it was interesting to see how aggressive Mercedes decided to be this weekend and uh, I'll be really interested to see going forward, Monaco's a bit unique anyway, but going forward from the next one onwards, uh, really what bits and pieces people bring. Uh, qualifying itself was uh, really, really good, you know, I think uh, FP3 showed that Ferrari were right in the hunt and I don't think Lewis's lap was perfect, in fact he did his best time uh, on the first run of Q3 and he was actually, I think, a couple of tenths up if he'd closed out the, the final lap. So I think he had a couple of tenths in it. But so did Vettel. You know, Vettel's first and second sectors were really good. And then he made a bit of a mistake at the chicane and we heard him ranting down the radio with a lot of swear words uh, saying how, you know, he thought that all weekend he's been missing the apex of the chicane and he did it again in qualifying and didn't get it hooked up. But once we got to the start of the race, I mean, there's, they were hooked up. There was no question that those two, 
you you know you just had to listen to Lewis's team radio and he was you know panting and huffing and puffing um, just showing how hard he had to work and I think that's great you know I think whether you're watching the Olympics or the Tour de France or any top line physical sport uh, swimming is another classic one you know you want to see these people uh, the athletes on show using every little bit of energy they've got and, and putting in that 100% maximum effort to get the result. And I don't think we'd seen that in the past. So this generation of cars uh, from 2017 has certainly helped that, I think. Uh, the physical strain on the drivers have uh, really gone through the roof. So I think that's been really good to watch. I think the, um, the, the racing itself was fantastic in Melbourne. If you look at, uh, sorry, in um, Barcelona, if you look at uh, the moves Vettel had to pull on Bottas and then the, the, the way Lewis had to come at Seb in the dirty air, I think, you know, the racing was, was really good and we're seeing once again those quality moves. Okay, Lewis's move on Seb was still DRS assisted, but he had to be there. He had to be there in the middle sector and the final sector in the dirty air to be close enough to make the move. Um, and actually, you know, I think the, the racing has been absolutely brilliant um, on Sunday. So, where do we think this weekend was a bit different? Well, I think Mercedes um, particularly were really good at thinking on the go. Um, you know, they made the interesting choice of going to the medium tyre in the second stint of the race. Uh, they, they prolonged Lewis's first stint by, by, I think it was nine laps over Seb, uh, which meant that he had less to do in the next two. Um, and then they went to the medium tyre on the heavy fuel. And as soon as they had the virtual safety car, although they pitted as, as the VSC was ending, they still gained a benefit, I think, because Lewis was already into the pit lane at that point. So they gained some benefit from that. They only did 14 laps on the medium tyre, which was a lot slower than the soft this weekend and they got rid of it and in the end I think that was a very clever move because when you have lower fuel loads and you have less uh, sorry when you have yeah a less heavy car a lighter car um, which you will at the end of the Grand Prix and you've got more and more rubber put on the track which again you have in the final stint the soft tyre will last longer and I think by, by using the medium earlier on they outfoxed Ferrari there and therefore they put Lewis on the, the faster tyre at the end and despite the fact that he came out only just behind Seb when Seb rejoined on lap 37, um, you know, he, he had so much more pace and that's the benefit. You, you, be, you become uh, the, the hunter rather than the hunted and, and Seb on the medium tyres, you're just vulnerable. You know, you've got slower tyres, he, we heard him say on the radio, there's nothing I could do, he just blasted past me. And I think that's something that we really, um, uh, you know, it's been interesting and, and I think that Mercedes did a really good job of thinking on the go. The strategist there, James Fowles and his team, they, I think they did a fantastic job of, of outfoxing Ferrari in some way. What also became clear to me this weekend was, okay, Bottas retired and Kimi retired. But once again, the two A-listers, Seb and Lewis, once again staked their claim as the number ones of the team. You know, they, 
you could argue that if Kimi had out-qualified Sebastian and been on the front row, he wouldn't have gone into that tangle. Um, Valtteri, yeah, he had the engine issue, but he was already a long way behind uh, the lead two at that point. So his, his um, status quo, after a bit of a wobble from Sochi, from, from Lewis, status quo is resumed in some way. Uh, I think great races as well for Force India. They scored really solid points in that midfield battle. Um, Ricardo, yeah, he got a podium and that's always, you know, nice to celebrate. Uh, going ahead to Monaco, which is his adopted home race. But 75 seconds behind the race winner and that will not have escaped Adrian Newey and, uh, and Red Bull's attention. Um, and nor will it please them, to be honest. That's a long, long way to be behind. Barcelona's a tough track. There's no way to hide. You're always, um, uh, you know, you, you ask of, of so much of the car, high speed, low speed, traction, braking, everything. But still, 75 seconds is a long way to be behind the Mercedes guys. Um, Hulkenberg, Verline, both great races, great results, solid hollow points. The lap of the weekend has probably got to be Fernando Alonso's from qualifying. It's a shame he got messed up with Massa at Turn 1. Uh, but that was the most amazing lap. And uh, I noticed F1 have put it on online. So if you get a chance, it's worth having a look at that onboard lap. It was just absolutely amazing. Off to Monaco next. A very different circuit. Very different demands. But I think the usual suspects, Ferrari and Mercedes, are going to be right up there. There's no reason why they wouldn't. Both Lewis and Seb are brilliant around there, and uh, we'll see how that race unfolds. So we'll see you in a couple of times in Monaco.